Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. Great to see all of you in the room. Great to see everybody online. Hope they're having great children's church at the other end of this building today. It is Vision Sunday. We'll talk about that in a moment. And we get a brand new theme for the month as well. Right into the inerrant, the inspired, the infallible word of the living God that is able to change us and build us up. How many you know, as what I said earlier is true, Atkins says, man should not live by bread at all. But God's word says, man should not live by bread alone. Right? We need our carbs too, right? We need... Anyway... Psalm 37 is where we're going to begin, and Ephesians 3, we're going to weave in there from the New Testament. Psalm 37, now this may just be for me, but I'm just going to preach what I got, okay? Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass, and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land. Here's the key for the whole, the whole thought here. And feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord. He shall give you the desires of your heart. Primarily because when you delight yourself in him, your heart and his heart become one. It's not about if I pretend to like God, love God, lean into God for a minute, he's going to give me everything that I want over here. That's not what that says. Delight, take pleasure in, prize him, delight in his presence. Verse five, commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. You ever notice that when you're struggling, sometimes it feels like all you can see is the people who aren't living strongly for God, but seem to be doing great? The word says, don't fret. Don't fret. Because that's not always going to be the way it is. When you feed on something, it both strengthens you and satisfies you. Feed on his faithfulness. Ephesians 3.14 says this, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, the inner you, the real you, your spirit being. When you have a relationship with the Father, he names the whole family with his name and he strengthens his family. Let's pray pray together one, one more time. Father, we thank you for your word today. Would you lift us up as we lift you up? Would you build us up as we exalt you above everything in our lives? Father, we trust in you. Help us to get our eyes off of those who seem to be doing better than we are. Because your word says that at the end, that becomes a myth, a fable. That the truth is we stand upon a rock and we are blessed. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to our annual Super Bowl Sunday, which we call affectionately Vision Sunday around here. I like to cast the vision. You know, you get through the holidays, holidays uh, come and go, and then we go into usually 10 days of prayer. This year we did 21 days of prayer out of obedience. Finished that just a couple of weeks ago, less than two weeks ago. And so then we start gathering our team, our now crew. Some of you see some of them in their new blue shirts for 2021. So glad you're part of now crew. And um, cast the vision. Talk about what, what are we focused on? What's, what's on God's heart for this year? Um, I wore, because I wore my blue shirt the other day to the meeting, so uh, uh, I wore my favorite Super Bowl memory T-shirt. Some of you have been here um, just the last couple of years or a few months and you don't really know our history, but um, Pastor Lindsay's been with us, by the way, 28 years this year. Give it up for Pastor Lindsay. <clears throat> and somewhere about the Tim Tebow time with the Gators, God opened the door for him to be the chaplain of the Gators during those, that national championship run. And uh, it was a great, great thing. And we got to be around a lot of the students. And one of the students that really connected with us more than the rest was a young man named Trey Burton. Uh, Trey Burton went into UF as a quarterback and wound up playing almost every other offensive position <laughs> in that time. And was um, we actually did a Trey Burton night here one Wednesday night before uh, his senior year. And just celebrated him, and um, we've gotten to be. Uh, I got to do he and his wife's wedding, and dedicate uh, a couple of their kids. They got three kids now. Anyway, Trey wound up as an undrafted free agent in the NFL draft, and went to the Philadelphia Eagles, and made it on the not just the practice squad. He made it on the uh, special teams, regular player and then made it as third string tight end the next year. And during the Super Bowl run three years ago, um, what will go down in Philadelphia as the greatest play in Super Bowl history, Clement, Corey Clement, to Trey Burton, to Nick Foles, became known as the Philly Special. Now, we had a little Super Bowl party, a few of us at our house, and we were really pulling for Trey. In fact, um, we have a little clip I'll show you in just a second, but let me set it up first. This is from our family room, and the Eagles decided to go for something on fourth down, and it was crazy. And I think Ricky, my son, said, it's going to be Trey. It's going to Trey. Something like that. And we were praying, we were praising, we were watching. <clears throat> I just want to show you, it popped up on my Facebook on Thursday as a three years ago memory. If you can go ahead and roll that.
Obviously, you can see we like the Super Bowl around our house, but that was a memorable moment for us, and uh, I just wanted to recap that and share it with you. What a, what a huge blessing to be connected with somebody who's living for God and then has that kind of moment. Uh, the next year, he got um, a huge contract with the Chicago Bears, and now he's been traded to Indianapolis Colts, so he's still in the NFL. As, when is an undrafted free agent, 22-year-old, and now he's, gosh, 28 or 29 and uh, still in the NFL. So we're proud of you, Trey, if you're watching. Anyway, we love you and Yesenia. You know, spiritual vision is so important to develop in your life. That's why we do Vision Sunday at least once, sometimes twice a year we talk about the vision here and mention it frequently because spiritual vision is the one thing, it's the one critical thing that separates a religious per person from a true Christ follower. What you can see if you want to follow someone, you've got to be able to see who they are and where they're going. Paul the Apostle said, follow me as I follow Christ. So in order to follow somebody, you've got to be able to see who they are and where they're going. It's the same with the Lord. A vital and vibrant relationship with Jesus includes both the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation. Each are about what and how you see, according to Ephesians chapter 1. Proverbs 29, 18 says this, the Amplified, where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. One translation said they, when they can't see what God is doing, they trip all over themselves. They cast off restraint. They run wild. Why? Because vision provides boundaries. Vision provides restraint. It provides something to you in your life. You'll do something for vision, if you can see it, that you wouldn't just do without the motivation in your life. If you were a gifted athlete and you decided to compete in the Olympics, that vision would determine certain and demand certain sacrifices from you. Training, workouts, schedule, diet, mental preparation, lifestyle changes, it would affect everything. If you said, I wanna be, I wanna, I wanna run a marathon, it begins to affect everything you do. As you set vision, as you set goals, imagine, imagine, you know, it's basketball season right now. Imagine basketball with no hoop. You'd just be a big dribbler. Imagine if, you're, if there's nothing to shoot for. You're just throwing the ball around. And I think too many people have that kind of an attitude about their faith about their spiritual life. You have no goal. You have no, no see, the problem is, and then, or else we'll, we'll do the, what, what the world does and we'll set a goal like the beginning of the year, like a, like a New Year's resolution. And we'll say, okay, here's what I'm gonna, I'm gonna read, I'm gonna read more. Well, reading more is a great thought. But vision is, I'm gonna read a chapter of a, of a book a day or a page or a paragraph Vision has to have a plan, otherwise it's just a wish. 
And I want to challenge you with that because we try to set that before you about your spiritual growth, about your desire for God. As a Christian, when you start catching glimpses of destiny and purpose, it begins to fuel your drive for more of God and gives you a willingness to pay the price for more of his power. If you knew that if you leaned into God and you prayed for people and they got healed, wouldn't you lean into God more? If you could see and really believe what the word says and jump into it, it would fuel your spiritual life. John Maxwell says this, the two greatest days in a person's life are the day they were born and the day they found out why. You've got to accept your calling. See, calling is not just what pastors do. Calling is what we all do when we begin to sense that our reason for being here is more important than just being here and being comfortable. We began last year with the thought, don't be spiritually stagnant. 2020, January, right out of the box, some of you were here. We said, be intentional to move forward. Beep, beep, remember, meep, meep. You're at the light, ready to turn, and you're just hoping and praying. If you're the fifth car, you're just hoping and praying that everybody's not looking down at their phone. We all go there, that's it. And then one day, we're the one looking at our phone, and somebody's meep, meeping us. But it's, the, it's so true, isn't it? Where you're going, okay, I, let's see, you're doing the light math. Okay, if I, I'm car number seven. If everybody would just move at the same time, as soon as that light turns green, we will be on our way. And if not, I'm gonna be sitting here for five more minutes. I don't know about you, but I don't like that. Between the church and my home is a busy railroad track. And if there is a train on that track, I will drive an extra three miles to go over the bridge because I just don't want to sit there waiting for the train. And it's the same as your pastor, I'm sorry. What God wants to do is so significant, so huge, so big, but we have to be intentional about moving forward. And here we were, that was the word for last year, 2020. Keep moving forward. And then COVID hit. But we found a way to adjust, to pivot, to keep moving forward because that's what God said. And if he says it, then he also releases his power to do it. When God says something, in that, in that word to Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and take dominion. It wasn't just a command, it was an empowerment. So everything God says for you to do, lays out for you to do, gives you faith to do, puts it in your heart to do. When he says it in that word, when we grab that word is the ability to walk it out. Are you with me today? Are you understanding this? Am I getting you? So in fact, last year on Vision Sunday, I look back at my notes from last year. Vision Sunday, we announced number one, keep, we're gonna keep pursuing the legacy building. Number two, we're gonna launch the new website. Number three, we're gonna remodel the stage. Guess what? We still accomplished all three. Even though COVID hit and, every, and the world went nuts. 
All praise to God, all glory to God, and thank you for your obedience, but th- we still did it. And then we added one more at when COVID hit. Lord, give us Remy Halo units to put in every air conditioner so that every three seconds and every three square feet of air moving in a place, the oxygen is being cleansed from all disease, including COVID. We, we, we raised and spent about, I don't know, four or $5,000, maybe 6000 on that. I forget how many. We have all these units. And I'm telling you, you're, you're in the safest place. You're in the safest place you could possibly be. Because we didn't just go through the motions. We actually upgraded in our faith. You know, wisdom has been defined as the art of steering through life navigating some stuff. I don't know about you, but I need more wisdom for 2021. This month, our theme is called Family Matters. No, it's not about Steve Urkel. Those of you of that generation. As I've been seeking the direction for God for 2021, the Lord reminded me that the church is multifaceted. The church of the Lord Jesus is the branches of the true vine, the bride of Christ, the body of Jesus, the temple of the Holy Spirit, living stones making up the house of God, the army of the Lord, and the family of God, a community of agape, God's love, the God kind of love. God is our heavenly father, and we're his kids. The fact is, if Jesus is Lord of your life, Lord of your heart, you've been adopted so completely, so thoroughly, that the Bible says the Holy Spirit continually reminds us to call God Abba, Father, because the spirit of adoption rests upon us, confirming within us that not only can we call him Daddy, but we are joint heirs with every inheritance that Jesus has. My friend, that's massive. I feel in my heart that the Lord wants us to have a fresh emphasis on the fatherhood of God this year. A fresh emphasis on the fatherhood of God. The nation that we live in is obviously in moral freefall. And the root of it is spiritual. Without solid fatherly leadership, even the best of families begins to struggle. The Bible says Jesus was moved with compassion when he saw the people because they were so weary and so scattered. They were like sheep without a shepherd. As I started talking, thinking about, praying about fatherhood, I stumbled upon a, a finding, um, a report from the National Center for Fathering. And I could have put, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you a few statistics in a minute, but I, let me just say this. There were three to four pages of statistics on this subject. 
And I'm not saying this to condemn anybody. I'm not saying this to hurt anybody's feelings. I'm saying this because we have to understand where we really are. These are statistics on fatherlessness. 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. That's five times the national average. 90% of all homeless and runaway children or teenagers are from fatherless homes. That's 32 times the average. 85% of all children who show behavior disorders continually come from fatherless homes. That's 20 times the average. 80% of rapists with anger problems come from fatherless homes. That's 14 times the average. 71% of all high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. Nine times the average. Fatherless children are twice as likely to drop out of school, in fact, overall. 75% of all adolescent patients in drug and alcohol rehab centers come from fatherless homes. That's 10 times the average. 70% of troubled youths in state-operated institutions come from fatherless homes. That's nine times the average. 85% of all youths in prison come from fatherless homes. 85%, you hearing me? 85% of all youths in prison come from fatherless homes. That's 20 times the average. Daughters without a caring father in the home are 53% more likely to marry as teenagers. 711, I was thinking it was 71.1. I had to double check my statistics. 711% more likely to have children as teenagers. 164% more likely to have a premarital birth and 92% more likely to get divorced. And when those things happen with our girls, the next generation is often fatherless as well. 43% of U.S. children right now, and this is from three years ago, so this may be different. This may be worse. As of 2018, 43% of U.S. children live without their father. My friends, if we the church don't get aligned better with the fatherhood of God, how can we ever expect to change the world? This is part of revival that we've been praying for. When Jesus was asked to teach on prayer, he said, begin like this, our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. My friend, a big part of the chiropractic adjustment we need as the body of Christ, the family of God, is to make sure that Father, our Heavenly Father, is firmly connected with our home, with, our, with His house here as a church, and with the homes that we represent. Maybe you grew up with not a great father, let's say. Maybe you grew up without a father at all. 
I'm not saying these things to condemn your life. I'm telling you there's hope because the promise is this. God says it in his word. He said, I am the father to the fatherless and the husband to the husbandless. In the words of Sister Sledge, we are family. Five people got that one. I could sing it like I did last week. We are family. I got all my sisters with me. Well, we won't do that. Hey, you know, <clears throat> we used to know a, a pastor friend in California whose cousin was on Sister's Ledge. I thought, well, that was really cool. We also, we also one time had peaches here of peaches and herb. Did you know that? So I remember peaches, Linda Tavani. We, 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 we know people. You know why? Because we are family. It's more than a nice cliche though, isn't it? Sometimes spiritual family becomes closer to you than your natural blood relatives. You didn't have to say amen. I want you to say that in front of your family and hurt their feelings. I'm just telling you that one time Jesus was speaking and the disciples ran in and said, hey Jesus, your mother and brothers are outside. And he didn't stop the service. He said, who are my mother and brothers? but those who hear the word of God and do it. Those who hear the word of God and act upon it. My friend, the family is the centerpiece of all culture. Instead of standing here screaming at the culture, I've heard recently just a Christian brother say, ah, the whole country's just going to hell. I'm just so frustrated, just so cynical. I'm done, not gonna vote again, not gonna do this again, not gonna participate, just gonna drop out. Don't you think that's exactly what the enemy wants you to do? (laughs) It's exactly the plan of the enemy. How ridiculous. The country will go to hell if you drop out because you're the light of the world, you're the salt of the earth, You're a city on a hill, and no, it's not too far gone. The family's the centerpiece of all culture. It is the building block upon which a moral and free society is built. The very foundation of civilization is families. I must say something here right now, and I'm not going to apologize for it. Where are the men? During our 21 days of prayer, we had hundreds of people participate online. It was exciting. I don't know what the percentage was of women to men, but it was at least three to one. At least 75% of people that connected with us in the 21 days of prayer were women. And we appreciate you, ladies. We appreciate you. Thank God for the prayer warriors in our congregation. But Nehemiah's strategy to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, the Bible says when they got under pressure and got under attack from Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, he called the men together. 
And he called them to begin to take their position where they were going to build. He said, here's what I want you to do, rebuild the wall. Just rebuild right in front of your own home. Fight for your own family. And when they did that, the whole wall was completed. I hear the Lord saying, gentlemen, it's time to man up. We need our women to be strong, but we need our men to be stronger than they are. For some reason, these last few years, masculinity has become a bad word. What the heck has happened? Masculinity is not abuse. Masculinity is not totalitarianism. When Jesus stood with Pontius Pilate being condemned to the cross, the people had a choice to release one prisoner and they put forth this bad dude named Barabbas and said, well, certainly they'll choose Jesus so Pilate wouldn't have the blood on his hands. And they shouted for Barabbas to be released and Jesus to be crucified. And when they did, Pontius Pilate was shocked. But he stood back on that platform and he said, Behold, the man. You know what manhood is about? You have to look at Jesus. Not the depressing paintings you see in religious people's homes. You know how I know that that's not what Jesus looked like? Because the Bible says little children came running and jumped in his arms and they never run to people that look sad. You can't fool a kid. You could even be smiling, but if you're a grump, they are staying away from you. What happened to maleness? Manhood. Some of you saw a few weeks ago that somebody stood up in Congress, a Methodist pastor prayed a prayer in Congress a few weeks ago. Not the state house, the Capitol. Two days before all that nonsense and the violence broke loose, two days before the violence, I just kind of got that. Two days before the violence broke loose. Somebody finished a prayer in the name, and it was a Christian, supposed Christian Methodist pastor, led prayer and finished in the name of some demon, Buddhist, Hindu, something, foreign God, and then said, a man and a woman. You see it? I had to replay and think, what, the, what did I just see? <laughs> First of all, amen is not a gender word. For all the people that are freaking out about gender, 
It means, yes, let it be to me, as you just said. So be it. Yes. Mm, I receive that. Amen. Then they do with gender. We may talk about gender this month too. When I say it's time to man up, I mean take your place in spiritual leadership in your home. Take your position. Proverbs 20 verse 6 says this, Most men will proclaim each his own goodness, but who can find a faithful man? A faithful man. You know, every year we try to get a word for the year, you know, overall word. I've had some great words over the years. My wife kind of put this principle in us a few years ago. and I've had words like enlarge. I've had words like arise. It was last year, that's my word, 2020, arise. I like getting a good word. I didn't like my word for 2021. I mean, I like the word. But I don't like vanilla ice cream. I like Rocky Road. Heavenly Hash. French Silk. Give me something with some flavor and something inside that I can chew on. I'm going to slide down vanilla. I don't even like vanilla. Ice cream plain. You can ask my wife. If I got vanilla ice cream... I gotta have hot fudge and hot caramel. I gotta have whipped cream and some kind of nuts. I don't like vanilla. I don't like vanilla words either. And I kind of argued with God. God, that's a vanilla word. My word for 2021, faithfulness. The Lord said, focus on faithfulness. I said, okay, but what's my word? (laughs) Capacity. (laughs) Crush the enemy. I I mean, just give me these. Faithfulness? I've been pastor here almost 31 years. I think I got that part. said, no, my faithfulness to you. And your faithfulness, it flows out of that. The faithfulness of God, our call to faithfulness out of his. My friends, God is a faithful father. That's why Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Why? Because good fathers never reject or abandon their family because it's uncomfortable. They hang steady in tough times. They are loyal. I love this promise to men in 1 Corinthians 15 about being steadfast and immovable. The Passion Translation said this way, so now beloved ones, stand firm and secure. Live your lives with an unshakable confidence. We know that we prosper and excel in every season by serving the Lord because we are assured that our union with the Lord 
makes our labor productive with fruit that endures. Heard years ago, somebody said, you know one of the greatest problems with longevity is keeping the main thing the main thing. To do something over a long period of time and just hang in there, to be steady, to be there week in, week out, day in, day out. Let's focus on faithfulness. Vision Sunday, 2021. We're a family. God is our Father. Let's focus on faithfulness. Seek first His kingdom. Be faithful at doing it. A few moments, I'll show you, remind you about the legacy building, what we're about to do. To build a building for future generations who need God. I want to finish with this. And some of you need to hear this. You belong. You are part of God's family. You are part of our family. Don't listen to the enemy of your soul. No matter what the enemy says. Listen, every one of us have walked in this room and other places and had the enemy say, you don't fit here. You don't belong. You stick out like a sore thumb, just hide. Shoot, I was the pastor. I got it for the first 10 years walking in the church. You don't fit, just quit, just go home. Pack it up, not doing anything, not changing anybody's life, not really helping anybody. It's a lie. Every time you show up in faith, ready to worship him, it's changing you and giving you the power to change somebody else. You fit. You belong. There's a place for you here, a place where you fit in perfectly, where your gifts, talents, and abilities will be valued as you serve. Faithfulness is whatever it takes. It's a whatever it takes mentality. It's, hey, whatever you need me to do. Can I tell you, that's even with our pastors and leaders, volunteers, You know, I love to give away presents on Vision Sunday. This week is Love Week. Pastor Chris showed you that we're going to be giving away these really good, delicious cookies. Pastor Gail had to find a new way this year to deliver things that weren't... People are more worried about home-baked stuff. They had to have sealed stuff. So this week, these and other candies and goodies are going to go out from Heart's Mouth Foundation from Now Church to 1,500 different people in the community that are heroes, first responders, teachers, doctors, nurses, police officers, sheriff's deputies, firefighters, 
and anybody else we can get stuff to. Now, I want you to know, we would never do anything out there that we wouldn't do for you. So everybody's getting a bag. On your way out today, make sure you get your bag of these cookies because you're going to love them. If you've never had them, if you like chocolate chip cookies, like real buttery, crispy ones, that's these, okay? So that's our gift to you. Some people are like licking their lips or whatever. I mean, it's like, wow, didn't expect that. But you know, we were loading these and unloading these. I mean, our pastors just jumped in, moving big boxes of these things in the rain. Just, people just jump in. It's, it's whatever it takes. That's what faith, who can find a faithful man? It's about showing up and doing whatever it takes to honor God, glorify his name, and move the kingdom forward. Let's honor him as father. Let's learn about his family of which we're a part. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. Today we feed on your faithfulness. We feast on it because we can look back. Every one of us in this room, no matter what age, and every one of us at home, no matter what age we are, we can look back at this past year and say, you were with us. You are so faithful. You never let us starve. You never let us falter. Even in moments where we were afraid, even in moments where the world was screaming bloody murder, you calmed our hearts, you rebuked the fear, and you showed up like a good father does, and you provided for us, and you took care of us, and you nurtured us, and you loved us, and you encouraged us to get back out there in the fight. Father, we give you glory today. We honor you. And we give you praise. Now with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, whether you're in the room or at home, I want to challenge you. We've all had areas of our lives where we messed up, areas where we weren't faithful to what God said, faithful to his principles, faithful to his kingdom, faithful to just show up, just be there for each other. The answer for that is repentance. Repentance is not a bad word. Repentance is a word we need to hear more because our God, our Father is holy and his standard is perfection. You say, well, Pastor, I'm, I'm not perfect. That's right. Jesus is perfect, was perfect in your place, and was crucified anyway. So that all of the areas where we come short were crucified 2,000 years ago. And what do we do? By faith, we accept him, and we repent for our sin. Maybe you're one of those people who's kind of been in and out. We talked about them last Sunday, the hokey pokey Christians. You're in out, you're in, then you're out. You're in, then you're out. You're up, then you're down. 
You're, you're for God and then you're kind of lukewarm about God. Then you're against God. Then you're, it depends on some people. You can change your relationship with God based on whoever, whatever friends or family you're with right now. You, that we call those chameleon Christians. People that can change color, people that can change what they really think about God based on who's around them. One foot in the world, one foot in the church. My friend, that's what's destroying our country. It's time to repent. It's time to commit. He's faithful. You be faithful. Just say this with me. Just say, Jesus, I ask you now to cleanse me from all the areas of my life where I've not been faithful. Help me to have a fresh start. I want to live for you. Come into my heart. Change me from the inside out. I repent for all my failure. And I ask you, do something great in me and through me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you meant that prayer, I promise you, if you meant that with your heart, God is meeting you right where you are and he will connect with you at your point of faith. Amen? Amen. Give God praise if you receive that word today. So what is, what's our vision for 2021? We're gonna be faithful. We're gonna focus on his faithfulness. Celebrate that. We're gonna build a building called the Legacy Building. We're gonna honor God. We're gonna build the building for people who don't even know we exist yet. We're gonna build the building for a generation that, and a lot of them that may not be interested in God today, but their lives are gonna be changed through fellowship, relationship. That new coffee shop over there, it's gonna be a place where people can be together, gather together, not just to hear teaching, but to really be together and build relationship as the family of God. Amen. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you.